What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse, and I am back with the crew from the Locks of Saturday for the first ever Locks of Saturday NFL Playoff Podcast. Fellas, it is us, post-college football in 2022. We told you big things were coming, and here are the big things. I got Robert right next to me on the couch here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We just watched the Hokies sneak out a huge road win against the Wolfpack and PNC Arena. On the Zoom call is Brett and Chris. Fellas, how are you doing? As the resident old guy on this podcast, I was going to make the joke that I'm up past my bedtime, but Brett is actually in bed right now. So he beat me to it. So I, I have that going for me. I got to do what you got to do, man. Got to get these picks off. I would literally be working for another three hours. Jesus. We don't live the same life. That's good for you. No. I just, we don't we get you a nine to five, Sam. We got to get you a nine to five. No, I, I like my uh, six to one a.m. on weekends. That's a nice job for me. That's what it's like working in the sports world, kids. You want to get into sports. Uh, but hey, speaking of sports betting, the NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL and is kicking things off with a huge, huge offer for first time users. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any divisional team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If the sports book is not live in your state, that's okay. You still have something to play for this divisional round weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes on the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SOS this divisional weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and one day $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And all of our listeners out there, many of you are in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We are working to get that promo code live in Virginia as well. So exciting things are happening. Uh, if you are a New York listener, Congratulations. DraftKings will be live in New York very soon. Um, live betting, flash prop betting, all of that will be live in the state of New York soon as well. So exciting things happening. And fellas, this is the first time that we've talked NFL, but let's rewind it for a bit. And Brett, I know you are, you know, you're in bed right now. You're ready to sleep. Well, I'm awake. I'm relaxed, ready to talk NFL. I bet you are relaxed because Actually, you I'm are, very tired because the college football season was exhausting. Well, Brett it is exhibiting Brett is exhibiting NFL gambling mindfulness right now is kind of the way I like to think about it. He's at a different Zen level. He's in his own DraftKings metaverse right now, and his avatar is going to be just a big dollar bill sign for us. So let's get going, Brett. Brett is so relaxed that his camera's not on on the Zoom call, and I don't even want to know how relaxed that is, what that re relaxation looks like. He's just sitting on a bathrobe on his recliner with peanut shells just written all over. <laughs> just eating Whitley's peanuts. He looks like the floor of a Texas roadhouse. <laughs> no, but I will say he deserves all the rest of the relaxation because, ladies and gentlemen, Brett Smith is your winner of the 2021 Locks of Saturday college football season. with. An over 500 and making money score of 49 to 44 against three percent, 52.8%. I that that makes you money. That makes yep. money. It was it 51? Was it 51 and a half percent you make money? I, I believe it's it's between like 52 and 52 and a half, but right around there. But hey, you're making money. Uh, Robert and I tied for second, very close at 48 to 45. Uh, Brett, do you think it was your knowledge of the four types of peanuts that won it for you or Quincy Patterson breaking off a 35-yard run? Um, Actually, I think I'm going to rewind it back to the beginning of the season. I think I was hot at the beginning of the year, um, and I think that put me ahead. Whereas 
towards the end of the year, I really started falling flat on my face. I don't know. Like the beginning of the year, I just, everything was coming so clear to me. And then the last back half just started falling apart, but we grinded and we got it done. It was the UNC under. That's what got you. The UNC yeah. Hammer, well, pretty much hammering every ACC under <laughs> besides yeah, well, State. When yours truly goes three and 11 in ACC win totals, um, look, it's, it's, I had it. And unlike the Hokies, I couldn't hang on to the lead this year, but we'll learn. Uh, Brett, you are the winner of a free drink at Sharky's, where good friends go. Uh, a drink from our owner operator, Billy Ray Mitchell, who. Well, I went iced tea on happy hour sounds just glorious. You and you and Chris are owed a drink. I feel like Chris is a Long Island Sprite guy. There's got to be some sort of with interest here. So there's at least two drinks, if not many, perhaps uh, a full Calm. six pack. I have no idea. So the 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 tab is running right now. Let's just put it that way. Chris, is it worth the gas money to drive down to Blacksburg just to get one Long Island iced tea? Yes. <laughs> well hey uh this football season obviously which is a long ways away but for the upcoming college football season we are for sure looking to have more sharkies blowouts like we had last season which even with some of the covid restrictions were a, a complete blast so hopefully next fall everything is completely open we don't have to deal with this anymore and it's gonna happen Rob. it's, it's gonna happen it's gonna be great um and hopefully we'll be I can many, stay there the whole time hopefully you don't get kicked out of sharkies this time robert that'd be great well, let's move on to the NFL. And fellas, this is kind of new for us working NFL. And let's start it with the first game on the NFL divisional playoff slate. The Cincinnati Bengals are plus three and a half and plus 160 money line on the road against the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. This game will be on CBS at 430 and the over-under is at 47. We're at we are going alphabetical tonight, so you have the honors. Bengals Titans. You know, this is I think this is for me, this is the hardest game to pick out of the rest of the game we're gonna to talk to in the divisional round because I think the Bengals, honestly, even though it was a close, you can call it a close game against the Raiders, they were in control, I'd say, pretty much the whole entire game. And they're peaking at the right time. They're getting hot, they got hot towards the end of the year and they're getting hot right now. Um, I think this game's gonna be extremely close. I mean, this is all falls on the shoulders if Derrick Henry is going to play and if he does what's he going to look like so to me I think if you're basing it solely on that the Bengals have played a game I think taking Bengals money lines to play here honestly I really like playing them just because they're hot they played a game the Titans have been sitting for well I guess almost two and a half two weeks now um I think the extra game for some of these teams or especially a team like the Bengals that they play better when Joe Burrow's in a rhythm, and last week he was in a rhythm, so I like uh, I like the Bengals money line here actually plus one sixty. All right, just continuing with Brad. I know the uh, the spread's at three and a half, and uh, I love that that it is at three and a half because that makes me absolutely love the Bengals in this pick, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't know number one if Derrick Henry is going to play football this weekend. And the last time I saw Derrick Henry play football in the playoffs, he was very, very good and led them through a couple improbable runs late and deeper into the playoffs than most people anticipated. Since that has happened, based on what the Tennessee Titans are, is this is a team without Arthur Smith now leading the offense, without Derrick Henry supplanting it and going against Joe Burrow, not in his rookie season, but also in his sophomore campaign, and has proven to be somewhat of, I would say, the next crop of really solid to possibly elite level quarterbacks in the NFL, with now a partner in crime in Jamar Chase, and has proven to at least win one football game, breaking the Cincinnati curse, which is a huge deal um, going on the road, but not necessarily a very long trip on the road. Cincinnati to Nashville is is a, a, a half day's car trip, basically, uh, not even. Um, in a game where the weather's not even really going to be a factor in Nashville, it's not really that cold this weekend. Um, everything leading into this game, just through that, I would say, the kind of subjective details of it, to me, point to Cincinnati winning this game outright. So I agree with Brett, money line. Um, so the fact that it's three and a half, I absolutely loved taking uh, the Bengals here and uh, taking the points 
Um, one thing I just want to point out real quick before we move on is just some of the offensive type efficiency stats, uh, the, the points per game play average score margin yards per game yards per play. Um, Cincinnati has the edge in every single major factor, uh, and defense wise, um, they're pretty much about even across the board in terms of the defensive efficiency type stats. So I would consider the offense of Cincinnati to be the more potent part of this matchup. And without Derrick Henry, I don't know what I'm really getting in the playoffs with Tennessee. So give me the Bengals, uh, give me Joe Burrow. Uh, the guy is beyond cool with his uh, ability to kind of relax in the locker room after a win, smoking a cigar. So I want to see that again. And I want to see him get a chance of playing in the AFC championship game. So I'm actually going to disagree here. I actually, um, I like the Titans here. I think that they are one of those teams that is getting healthy at the right time. Um, it really seems like Derrick Henry, um, you know, I saw today he was cleared for full contact practice. Um, ultimately, if Derrick Henry's on the field, then that's a problem for the defense. And the Titans are one of those teams where I feel like Mike Vrabel absolutely deserves Coach of the Year honors um, for for this team to be number one in the AFC with their two most prolific offensive playmakers, which are Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, both collectively being out most of the year, and they're still the number one seed in the AFC. And now both of those guys are playing, A.J. Brown being almost fully healthy, whereas Henry still working his way back. But Derrick Henry on the field is just a difference maker, as is A.J. Brown. And so I, I think the Titans are just the better team here. I think with the home field advantage, um, I see them winning this game by about a touchdown. I think the Bengals' time is coming. Um, I think this core that they have built with with Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who is extremely underrated, and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd, like these guys are great. Um, but I think they still just need a little bit more time. I think this is kind of that one young, flashy team that everyone's kind of clinging to, but. They lost seven games for a reason, um, and the Titans are just a better team. They have the better record, and now they're getting all their talent back. Um, this feels like an easy Titans win for me. It, you know, I think if we learned anything from the wildcard weekend, it's that who you play in the regular season and how that builds you up as a team matters. Look, we saw the NFC East get trampled, right? Cowboys lost, Eagles lost. With the Titans, yes, they're the number one team in the AFC. They also played the Jaguars twice. They played the Colts twice, and they played the Texans twice. Um, you know, you know, that's why they're the first seed in the AFC. That's why. They've had the easiest schedule. And I think the Titans are a really good team. But when I look at the Bengals, Chris, you were exactly right. They're peaking at the right time. And, Brett, I think you brought this up as well, like, Momentum is such a big thing in these playoff runs. And right now, I don't think a team has more momentum than the Bengals do because the only like they lost to the Browns in the week, but it was a it was a backup game between both teams. And I just I love what the Bengals are doing. Now, also, another thing with the Titans, if they don't have Derrick Henry, uh, I think that's just such an element of your offense that I'm not worried about. And if I have to choose between Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill, and neither in the running backs so there seems like Joe Mixon going to be the best running back on the field. Even if Derrick Henry is 50%, I love what Joe Mixon gives you. I think Joe Burrow is, is legit. I like the Bengals money line here. I think that's a great play. If you're getting it at plus plus one sixty. Um, I don't think three and a half is enough points to bet an underdog on the road. And as we will see with the rest of these games, all of the road teams are underdogs in this game. One of them is going to win. Um, I think the Bengals are one of those teams. All right, moving on. Next game. This is a game that I think, out of all four of these games, is the most hot-on-the-street betting game. The San Francisco 49ers plus six and plus 200 money line at the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. This game will be on Fox at 8.15 p.m. The over-under is 47 and a half. Brett? A lot of people are going towards the 49ers in this game after their win at the Cowboys. How about you? No, I'm I'm hammering Green Bay here. I just think 
the 49ers, they've, they're also a team that's been playing well recently. They kind of wavered almost all year, you know, especially with Garoppolo being half injured for the, probably the first half of the year. And then they were trying, they were playing with Lance. Um, he looked terrible. Garoppolo looked terrible. Then all of a sudden they got life with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel has honestly been one of the best players in the NFL, probably in the last five weeks, just to watch him. He's incredible. He can do everything. He's given that team a whole new mantra just to, pretty much do everything for them. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I mean, he's just incredible. But playing in Lambeau Field in freezing cold temperatures, the 49ers used to playing in San Francisco were, you know, crisp, not freezing cold. There's a difference. And Jimmy G's beautiful face, as everybody likes to say, I don't think he's going to like playing in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Lambeau Field. So, yeah, I'm going Packers here. I'm hammering the Packers here. I'm not going to make this my lock, but uh, I really like the Packers. Brett, I want you to guess the low temperature. For, oh, this game will be on Saturday, correct? Yeah, you were going to steal my thunder with this one, Sam. I'm going all in on the weather conditions. For okay, the well, no, Chris, Chris, go to the weather. Let, do okay, go to the real. Hey, I'll pull it in. When I looked the at real, the slate the of games, field, bro. and I wanted to see kind of what was – first of all, you brought up a good point in terms of like home – field advantage and to be honest i feel like home field advantage matters less and less and less unless you're playing in green bay wisconsin at night in january where it's going to be two forecast to be two degrees it's going to be east degrees in green bay with, with wind gusts wind. of 22 miles an hour a probability of precipitation 80 percent yeah oh it's going to be snowy. dusting snow two degrees with wind these are the types of very miserable conditions that I'm sorry, like as soon as one thing goes wrong, as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo throws that inevitable interception, um, as soon as you talk about Debo Samuel, and yes, he is the Swiss army knife of the 49ers offense. But right now he's also the entire thing that makes them go because uh, exactly. I really haven't seen George Kittle be a major factor. I'm probably going to regret saying that because he'll come out of nowhere, but where has he been the last few weeks, at least in kind of, I think, in terms of phases of the season, the third part of the season, the final six game uh, stretch down there. And I think that's just also contributed to the fact that, excuse me, attributed to the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has nine fingers right now. Uh, give me Aaron Rodgers with nine toes over Jimmy Garoppolo with nine fingers, because one of those is his thumb. And it's very tough to throw a football in two degree weather with no thumb. <laughs> so... Six was one where I was like, I believe this line's going to go down. Um, the one thing probably keeping it up a little bit is Green Bay is a very public team. Uh, so it's just going to be how much does the late action come in on the 49ers? Because you're right, Sam, I do believe that they are the consensus trendy pick, mostly because of the history between these two teams um, with the 49ers, quote unquote, running roughshod them, on them. I think it was two years ago in that uh, famed debacle where Green Bay went to San Francisco. But Completely different conditions because guess what? In those two-degree weather conditions, the 49ers now have to tackle A.J. Dillon. And the last time I checked, A.J. Dillon is not a person kind of like Derrick Henry that I want to see running at me at full speed in a tight, probably, you know, late third quarter, fourth quarter uh, scenario when the Packers really start just leaning on the run game, specifically him. Uh, to just kind of continue what they have been doing, which is they are very good at uh, third down conversions. Um, and that's something that they haven't had a part of their game in the, in the past two years. It's been missing uh, while they've been bringing kind of him along from when they drafted him. So um, the last point is, is, you know, I, I don't really like to pull a lot forward from the prior game, but I mean, let's be honest, if that game goes one minute longer, I'm pretty sure Dallas pulls out that victory against San Francisco. Uh, they were gifted with uh, just the complete debacle that was the Cowboys' ability not to receive a pre-snap penalty in that game. I believe they had 14 for 90. It allowed San Francisco to at least have enough of an offense to score 23 points. Um, I just don't see that. I, I would say that um, uh, the under is uh, 47 and a half. 
I would also be looking at the under in this football game. And uh, with that, I'm probably going to still take the Packers at minus six. I do think they win by a touchdown. I just don't see where the points are coming from from the 49ers in this game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. To finish up Chris's thoughts on the weather, if you are into live betting, um, which you should be because it's a ton of fun on DraftKings. They update their live lines really well. Their flash props are updated every second of every game. It's really fun. You make a lot of money. You make a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money too. But that's how this works. Uh, We're not supposed to say that. <laughs> uh, look, I'll tell you, whichever team comes out, if their guys are wearing sleeves, bet on the other team. If the Niners come out here and they're wearing sleeves, Packers all day live line. Great. It's not even going to be the sleeves. It's going to be those like entire face encapsulating kind of uh, uh, full yes. mask kind of ordeals. So the Mike, the Mike Tomlin just face mask thing. You, like, is your helmet not warm enough? No. Mm-hmm. Also, a fun fact, Tom Brady does this. Uh, wears a wetsuit under his uniform. That's how Tom Brady stays warm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see why he'd have to do that in Tampa. Is that legal? Yeah, I guess about you. Why not? As long as a logo that's not team issued isn't showing. As long as Tom Brady doesn't deflate footballs, anything he does is legal. So anyway, but yes, A.J. Dillon, a.k.a. the quad father. Big fan. We love A.J. Dillon. Um, yeah, I'm on the Packers here as well. Um, I think the difference for me is the Packers have been dealing with injuries. Despite being the number one seed in the NFC, they've been dealing with injuries all year. And they are getting a lot of those injured players back. So you have David Bakhtiari, uh, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Randall Cobb. All those guys are expected to play this week. All of them. Um, That's pretty phenomenal. Um, that's their best corner, their best linebacker, a good receiver, and their best offensive lineman. All of those guys are expected to play this week. Um, the Packers have just been a wagon all year. Um, I really buy into this whole Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, last dance kind of thing. And I mean, look, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, sure, maybe he chokes in the playoffs, but he always chokes in the NFC Championship game. This isn't the NFC Championship game. This is the divisional round. It's too early for him to choke. So take the Packers, take the line. They're the better team. It's cold. It's more to their comfort level. This is just the Packers game. I I feel this being, this game's going to be over by halftime. That's my opinion. Yep, I agree. Niners Niners plus six is a sucker bet. It's a sucker bet. It's Lambeau Field. It's going to be two degrees outside. It's going to be snowing. There's going to be a bunch of big, fat Wisconsin guys drunk off of their minds yelling at Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be Packers in a landslide. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams is the most unstoppable force known to man. And they're just going to do it over and over again. I don't think the 49ers, they're a team that's been up and down, up and down. They were just up. Naturally, they're going to be down. I love the Packers in this game. I... And I know a lot of the uh, random Packers fans that I'm Twitter friends with that uh, are mysteriously Packers fans from the state of Virginia. It's very interesting how that works. Oh, wow. Chris Himes, you're one of those, aren't you? I will say my entire family is from the Midwest. As a Navy brat, I'm from Virginia. Are they from Wisconsin? My military allegiances. Are they from Los Angeles, too? Los Angeles? Yeah, for the Trojans. Oh, no, that's the alma mater, baby. <laughs> what about Atlanta for the Braves? That's where I grew up. <laughs> so I, just, <laughs> I got an answer for everything. It's honestly better than cheering for any of the Washington, D.C. sports teams. That's true. That's, that's why, that's that's why true. Cam and I don't cheer for any of those teams. Yeah, yeah that's why I, I adopted Cleveland teams when I moved up there over the Washington teams. But um, in all seriousness, I think the Packers are probably the best team in the NFL this year. Top to bottom throughout the year, it's been the Packers. It's always been the Packers. Bet the Packers. Um, you're going to feel really dumb if you bet against the Packers at Lambeau. You're going to feel dumb. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to ask this question. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, best QB wide receiver duo since blank. 
I'd say Brady. I'd say it has to be Brady with somebody. Like Brady Brady, Brady to Butler. Moss that year was pretty damn unstoppable. I was thinking Brady Moss. Anyone else? Yeah, Brady Moss. Probably. Are you talking about legitimate rankings and statistically like the best one-two combination or in terms best of the volume stats? I need combination since That's- what, which QB wide receiver combination has been I mean, up to the Rodgers Adams level in recent memory? I mean, Burrow and Chase has been pretty crazy. <laughs> It'll get there. Yeah. But at this point, I mean, Chase yeah, has some duds. Like, Devontae's been having 100 yards and a touchdown every game. I'll say the cerebral part of it is Brady to Edelman esque, where it's like they know every single play where they're going to be. But uh, Devontae Adams, he doesn't only hurt you at the line of scrimmage with the quick passes. He hurts you over the middle. He hurts you on the fade. That's Randy Moss-like. I mean, I guess you go back to Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. That's Matt, Ra- Matt Ryan, Julio Jones was pretty insane. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones statistically was yeah. pretty impressive. Or or Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Yep. Or even Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne. But you're talking all time. Right. Like one of the yeah, all time. I just want to, you, you got to think in terms of the best way to kind of the way that you said it and the way I framed it was, it was an elite quarterback with an elite receiver. Cause I can't look at uh, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan type combo and think that Julio was like probably 75% of that equation. And Matt Ryan, right. Know, all right. Virginia tech right. anti Matt Ryan bias aside was probably not a significant contributor to that relationship. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the way they kind of run plays and the skill sets of it, I, I go back to maybe 2019 with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, just because Michael Thomas and to me and with Devonta Adams, they have very similar styles of just elite precision route running and the ability to get open and the timing throws coming out. Granted, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a much better efficient passer and throws way less interceptions than Drew Brees. Uh, did through the course of the career, so that would be the most immediate memory that I had. But in terms of Devontae does a little bit between, better than uh, the yeah. slant man. In, in terms of total dominance from the season that they had together with elite quarterback and elite receiver, you'd have to go back to the I think it was at the 07 Pats with Brady and and Moss. That was just an insane season. And then obviously pick any year uh, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s with Peyton Manning with receiver X. You know whether it be Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne were probably the other combinations, but. Um, you start reaching back into the well and you start getting into, to me, just a a, a a different era in terms of what volumes and efficiencies and quarterback stats and everything like that. So that's where I was going in recent, yeah. let's say the last 20 years. Exactly. And talking about Tom Brady, uh, the dude's still playing football and he's still playing it at an exceptionally high level. And his Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and a half point favorites against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams' money line is at plus 130, Uh, so another road underdog. This game will be on NBC on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Over-under is set at 48-and-a-half. The Rams are coming off of an absolute desecration, a a, a beatdown of epic proportions against the Cardinals, who looked like one of the worst football teams that mankind has ever known. Yeah, that was rough. The Cardinals, yeah, that was Kyle Murray throwing that interception in the end zone. That was just, that was sad. But anyway, um, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, especially playing down in Tampa. You know, you're saying New England. It's, you never bet against Tim, Tom Brady in New England, but you def. But betting against Tom Brady in Tampa is also really hard. Um, I think the Rams – have come around. They were people questioned them a lot for weeks there because they were losing games they weren't supposed to. They were playing games too tight with all the talent that they have. Um, I mean, this game's going to come solely down to if they can get pressure on Brady. I mean, Aaron Donald. I mean, we don't need to harp on him. I mean, he's you know potentially the greatest defensive tackle of, our, of my generation, um, considering he's close to my age. So, but. I'm still going with the favorites here. I'm going with Tom Brady at home. Last week, they just – it doesn't even look like they tried last week against the Eagles, and they just dominated. Um, you could say the same about the Rams, too, against the Cardinals, who are a much better team than the Eagles. The Eagles snuck their way in because the NFC only had, like, four teams that were just dominant, and everyone else was, meh. 
you know, so, but yeah, I'm going Tom Brady here at home. Um, the defense is finally healthy. Uh, Matthew Stafford last week, I think he got his game off where he didn't screw up. That's kind of how the Rams were That's kind of how it works with Matt Stafford is the Rams don't win games. They just, they play games where Matt Stafford doesn't screw up and that's how they win. So I think with the Buccaneers defense being fully healthy for the first time, I think last weekend, last year, in the whole year, um, I think they're going to get it done at home. Yeah. Um, I, for the life of me, tried to come up with the reason that the line was two and a half, meaning that Vegas actually values the Rams as the better team in this matchup. And based off of everything that I've seen, if at anything, this should be just an even three points. But the fact that it went down to two and a half, I just couldn't understand why. Um, and that may or may not be due to some of uh, some, I don't know, possible player, questionable player status going into the weekend. But I haven't seen anything major. Um, so for me, the only reason I could really come up with the fact that the Rams played last and they looked really good on Monday night. And so the line is reflective of just recency bias and that the Rams uh, decimated what I would consider to be a pretty soft Cliff Kingsbury led Cardinals team that had never been there before. Um, but now we're coming down to the fact that it's Matt Stafford on the road as a playoff quarterback playing the greatest playoff quarterback of all time with a stacked roster and a better defense. And I am running to lock up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this matchup. Um, if it was maybe three and a half, maybe four, or kind of going into that Vegas zone a little bit for having the midpoints bet. I might consider the Rams, but I don't believe they can win this matchup just based off of everything um, between the two teams in terms of efficiency stats. Um, Tampa Bay leads in every single offensive metric and defensive side. Tampa Bay has the better defense, even though the Rams have more kind of, I would consider to be most notoriable players uh, with Ramsey and Donald. Uh, but, you know, Two players do not make an entire defense, and we've seen what Tampa Bay can do during playoff time um, to, I would consider, to be flawed offenses. In this case, the Rams' flaw is they can't run the football. And in the playoffs, you know, we always look at a lot of the passing efficiency stats and who are the kind of leaders and, you know, the quarterback efficiencies and who's this and who's that. But when playoff football comes around, it's mostly – who has the best defense, who can shut down the other team the most, and who can run the football on the opposite side. And the Rams don't necessarily have either. And now I'm expecting them to go on a road and beat Tom Brady. I don't think so. So uh, this one was actually a pretty easy pick for me. I'm taking the Buccaneers. I'm not even questioning it. Um, so uh, I was this close to locking it up. I want to lock it up, but there's just one piece of me holding back, and that's because I don't like Tom Brady, but I'm not going to bet against him. So give me the bucks. How good did Keyshawn Vaughn look like against the Eagles, though? Like, do they even want to go back to Leonard Fournette? I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn was just – I mean, granted, the Eagles' defense didn't even look like they wanted to be there. But still, I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn was pretty, was pretty impressive to watch. And if they somehow can get Leonard Fournette back this week, play off Lenny, I mean, that one-two punch alone is going to be pretty insane. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. It is the Eagles defense though, but that, so that's where I'm going to kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm the only one zagging here uh, on these, on these picks, but I'm going to go with the Rams here. I really think that, I mean, obviously do I feel like an idiot betting against Tom Brady? Absolutely. I mean, we just had a, a long discussion to all get back to the point that the best wide receiver duo since, uh, Rodgers and Adams had Tom Brady in it. However, I really think that these injuries that the Bucks are dealing with, not even just injuries, just the uh, player losses, because we can't really call Antonio Brown a, an injury. The player losses that Tom Brady is dealing with, I think are really going to set um, the Bucks up for failure. I think the Rams are a really, really good team. I was, I was skeptical of how they would perform in this first round. And they, they, they hit it out of the park and then some. Um, so I, now that, now that Stafford has this first playoff win off of his back, he has that monkey off of his back. 
Um, the Rams are one of the most talented teams in the NFL. And I think at this stage, just given the injuries that and the losses that the Bucks have with Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette all out of this game, and and uh, Werfs as well on the offensive line, Tristan Werfs, that's a huge, huge loss for the Bucks if he can't go. Um, I think that the Rams are just the more talented team, top to bottom. I think Stafford is ready for this moment. Um, whether that takes them to actually takes them to a Super Bowl, we'll see, and we'll probably talk about next week. But um, as far as this game goes, I think that as much as I hate betting against Tom Brady, I really, really think that that's the move. Um, I like the Rams on the road here. I like the points. I like the plus 130 money line. I just, I'm all over it. Ooh, money line. And and here's the thing about this. And I, I think we talked about this in our Slack during the game. We gave one of the best offensive lines in the game in Sean McVay. We gave him Matt Stafford, gunslinging quarterback. We gave him Odell. And then defensively gave him Jalen Ramsey and gave him Von Miller to go along with Aaron Donald. The NFL might have just made a really big mistake because the Rams' star power is it's really insane. It's more than the Bucks have. But here's the thing. Von Miller hasn't really been that impressive of a defensive end for a few years now. It, it's kind of run out for him. Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive football players probably of all time. And, But as a defensive tackle, a good quarterback and a good offensive coordinator can scheme around that. And for me, it's so hard to bet on this Rams team because, yes, they have looked like world beaters at points this year, but at other points they have looked absolutely atrocious. So I, I'm not going to bet against Brady. I'm not going to get a bet against Brady at home. I know they're without Godwin. I know they're without Antonio Brown. I know they're without Leonard Fournette. I don't think it means too much to this team. Uh, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Gronk. They still have playmakers on the outside. And that defense, Brett, like you talked about, that defense is back. And we have so quickly forgotten what that defense did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. When they are at full strength and they are running their blitz packages and they're rotating defensively. And I, I just think they're a borderline unbeatable team when they're playing up to snuff defensively. So uh, I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm going with Tom Brady at home. Two and a half is not big enough for me to think about taking the Rams here. I'm going Buccaneers. I tweeted out that who we think the best quarterback wide receiver duo is, um, you know, with Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Interested to see what some of the responses will be. If you are on Twitter, hit us up at Locks of Saturday on Twitter. You can also hit us up at Sons of Sat VT on Twitter. That's the main account. Um, make sure you're talking to us on socials. It's a lot of fun. We'll respond to pretty much anything. Uh, Brett. Are you going to be watching any bad football games next year to get us some followers? What about some bad college basketball? Some SoCon games or something? I mean, I do that anyway with my first half unders. Come on what's, now. What's uh, before we get to the Bills Chiefs game? What's your uh, what do you are you liking anything college basketball right now? Uh, well, I was liking Bama a lot until they decided to <laughs> till tonight. But um, as of what was that? Forty five minutes ago. But uh, basketball, I mean, Purdue, they just seem to have it, even though they've lost some, even though they lost to the, you know, that just absolutely electric game at Rutgers that went viral, you know, but they just seem to have it. That ED dude, seven foot four, that guy is just absolutely insane. I mean, he's like, he's impossible to stop, especially when he's, when he's in his rhythm with the post. I mean, you can't stop him. Purdue, I would throw a little future on them. I, think they were like plus like at one point i think right after Rutgers, they were plus like 450 or plus 500 even like at the fifth team in the country um for a future bet i really like them never count out duke coach k's last year um it's the most complete duke team they've had in a while i think they're more well coached they're more disciplined um maybe not so much off the field but <laughs> they uh they look more disciplined i 
those two teams right now, Auburn is another team that's looking really, really good. Uh, putting they count up, out Gonzaga? No. They've scored 100 points in like eight straight games or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Auburn overrated. Book it. They just Gonzaga. I learned my I learned my lesson last year in Gonzaga. They I hammered them like week ten, like the test of the tenth game. I said this team is going to win the national championship, no question. And they, they made just, it to the national championship game, but they kept but they skirted by like <laughs> like they uh, there, and then they just got thrashed when they played a team that was equally as offensively as good as them. Here's the thing, Chad Holmgren. He's a foot taller than me, and he weighs 10 pounds more than me. Am I fat, or is he skinny? <laughs> That's for the fans to decide. It is kind of amazing that he's seven feet tall and, like, less than 200 pounds. That is almost impossible. Yeah, tell me how skinny he is, please. He's very skinny. Set my cake here. <laughs> People forget Kevin Durant would be built about the same he was when he was in college. I think he was an inch shorter, but two inches shorter, but yeah, the exact same. Well, we will be talking college basketball in the few weeks here. Um, that's something really exciting that the Lock Saturday pod will be able to bring to you in the spring of 2022. Just giving you a preview of what's to come. A preview of what's to come. We have some things rolled up our sleeves. Well, let's finish out this divisional round podcast with Probably the biggest game, the marquee game, the marquee matchup. Two of the best teams in the NFL this season and a really anticipated matchup. The Buffalo Bills, plus two, equating to a plus 105 money line at the Kansas City Chiefs. This game will be on CBS at 630 on Sunday. Over-under is set at 55. Brett, I'll start with you. Bills, Chiefs. Bills, no question. This is my lock. This Um, is your lock. Yeah, this is my lock. Bills at Chiefs. They Bills, I think, are actually the hottest team right now. They they went to sleep in the middle of the season there, especially when they played the Patriots at home. Everybody was like, "Oh, the Bills, you know, they're just going to succumb to being, you know, second best team in the in the AFC in the AFC East. They're back to where they used to be, whatever." And then all of a sudden, they just turned it on especially last week. What they did last week to the Patriots should be illegal, whatever that was. I mean, that was just an incredible game to watch. They just fired all cylinders. And this is my thing. The Chiefs are due for one of their bad games. They just are. They've looked too good the last, (laughs) for me, because there's always that one game where Mahomes, especially in the middle of the season, I mean, people really were questioning the Chiefs anyway, where Mahomes just, what well, didn't have it, but the Chiefs look hot to you right now, so it's kind of hard to say that you know that this guarantee is going to happen. But I think the Bills are too hot right now. They're right now. I put a future bill on them to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be Bills Packers, and I think it's going to be an absolute electric shootout in LA for the Super Bowl with the Bills and the Packers. So uh, I'm hammering the Bills hard here. This is my lock, um, taking the money line. Uh, Bills Mafia, baby. Now, let me ask you this before we move on to Chris, and let's talk about that money line versus spread. Spread is at two. Money line just over even odds at plus 105. Do you feel like the money line is better odds for you right there, considering it's just a two-point spread? Yeah, I think I think it is, just because essentially playing away is – the they're saying the Bills are one-point favorites at uh, the AFC, so – I mean, at the AFC, at Kansas City. So I would, if you're, if they're essentially a favorite, you're getting plus odds, money line. Just go ahead and take the money line. Yeah, I have to agree there. And then uh, I did see it bumped up to plus two and a half. And um, even at that two and a half, that's still a minus 110 odds. So if you just think that the Bills are the better team, obviously the value. And uh, I saw that actually got bumped to plus 115 now, uh, live on DraftKings. Um, So, Listen, before you go on to talk about football on a DraftKings-sponsored podcast, check DraftKings because uh, these things are changing constantly, and it literally just changed about five minutes ago. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, the value, uh, not necessarily which one would you do or the other, but the value is definitely on the Bills money line year, plus 115, if you do, in fact, believe in the Bills, of which I, in fact, believe in the Bills. Um, 
I want to manifest a home AFC championship game for Buffalo fans. Two, I love Josh Allen. The guy is the engine that makes the entire just vehicle turn for that franchise right now. And I don't particularly know if Patrick Mahomes is in that kind of, he's an awesome quarterback, but is he the definitive I am now taking over the NFL and it is just a clear path for me every single year to get into the uh, either the AFC championship game and or the Super Bowl every single year. And I don't know if he is that person totally yet. And I know that sounds insane to say because he's already won an MVP and a Super Bowl ring. Um, but that was pretty much uh, in the same year. And, you know, last year was indicative that he needs much of his team to be operating on all cylinders. And I just don't know if the chiefs are that team because at this point they're relying heavily on, I believe it's Jarek McKinnon now. And uh, I'm not sure if he's fully pushing uh, 30 years old now, but um, there are miles on those tires. And I just don't know how they can leverage the running game at all. So it's going to be a lot of Patrick Mahomes throwing the football because the other element they have taken out of his game, most notably to keep him healthy is they have not allowed Patrick Mahomes to run free where he looks like super Mario with his legs running about a million miles an hour while his body's moving slower on the field um, to what he used to do to be able to stretch and kind of get those Russell Wilson esque kind of first downs, which is one of the more, what I would consider to be one of the most lethal part of his games a few years ago, because he can obviously kill you with every single throw all over the field but then he also had those back-breaking kind of third and long type runs where he would just do that you know five yard run sprint out hold his arm out and just get the first down and just crush your soul and then he would throw uh, on the next play what seemingly was like a you know 30 yard bomb to Tyreek Hill or, or Kelsey as well so um, I don't see that this year and I haven't seen it as much and in this game with Josh Allen and the way that he's been playing all season long and the way that he single-handedly pretty much dominated the Patriots, which almost never happens. Um, I have to believe in terms of momentum that Buffalo is the momentum team. Um, this one was tough for me just because it is tough to still look at Patrick Mahomes and go against him in a home game. Uh, but this is one where I just feel like you know, Buffalo had their tryout last year in this game. They lost. They came back. They beat them during the season, although that game in October seems like it was played a century ago. Uh, but I do feel like the Bills have the better matchup personnel-wise in this game. So um, I don't know if anybody can cover digs um, on the opposite side of the field. So I do feel like that's going to be an amazing matchup for, for Buffalo in this game. So give me the Bills. Give me a Bills AFC home championship game. And Brett said it as well. I would love to see a Bills Packers Super Bowl matchup. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's the way I'm leaning. And I also would heavily consider just going with the money line in this game at plus 115. So I am I'm gonna zag Chris and Brett once again. I don't know why, but that's just been my thing tonight. Is that y'all two go one way and I go the other. Uh I'm on the Chiefs here. I really I like the Chiefs in the line here. I like them at home. Um I think the Arrowhead home field advantage is significant, but more than that, um, you talk about momentum and yes, the bills have a lot of it, but the chiefs, um, they're no slouch as well. I think after they had a pretty terrible start to the year, I mean, minus that very just confusing <laughs> loss to the Bengals that they had late in the year. I mean, they've been, they've been winning um, and they've been, you know, Mahomes has really found his groove again. Um, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's just hard to bet against those guys. And Chris, you mentioned Jarek McKinnon, but honestly, this is kind of what the Chiefs do. They just find that random running back that no one has really given any love to. And they just find a way to maximize his talent right when it matters. Um, you know, you look at like Damian Williams, like playoff Damian Williams. Are you kidding me? That dude's like the third string Bears running back now, but he was a Super Bowl hero for the Chiefs. And they're just doing the same thing with Jarek McKinnon. They're finding a way to do it. Um, and I just think that top to bottom, they're the better team. They have the better offense. Um, I, I question the Bills' ability to run the wall, run the ball. I think that's ultimately going to be their downfall is how. They don't really have a go-to running back. 
and they haven't really been able to maximize the talent in the backfield. Josh Allen is unbelievable, but you know, I just I, I like the Chiefs secondary enough to get the job done. And yeah, I like the Chiefs to get the win here at home, probably by about a field goal. I think this is going to be a good game, and I think the Bills are going to give it all they have. But I think the Chiefs are just better. Yeah, I I'm on the Chiefs on this one. I emotionally am with the Bills. I might even root for the Bills in this game, but it would be a fallacy to bet against the Chiefs at home. And considering that Tyreek Hill seems to be back, considering Kelsey seems to be back, we've seen the Bills look really bad this year. I mean, they lost to the Jaguars, guys. They lost to the Jaguars. And we've seen this team look suspect defensively at points and look suspect offensively at points. I I have to go with the Chiefs in this one. I have to. Um, at home, night game, uh, well, evening game in Kansas City. Um, I have to go with the Chiefs. And I don't like it. Like, I don't want to go with the Chiefs in this game. I really hate that this line is so close. If this line was at four and a half, five, I'd be Bills all day long. But I just don't think it's enough. So I'm going to go Chiefs minus two. Um, to be safe, might even throw Chiefs money line. I think where the money is in this game, though, is at over 55. I I just feel like the game script will end up being over 55. Like, I think the game will need more points than 55. Teams are going to score. It's going to be close late. Teams are going to be running two-minute offenses. I think this game feels like 60 to 65. In terms of points, I could see it going either way, 37, 34, 34, 31, something like that. So uh, I like the over as my favorite pick in this game. But if I have to choose a team, I'm going to roll with the Chiefs minus two. It just it feels bad betting against the Chiefs at home to me. It's kind of like betting against Nick Saban, you know, which wait, that worked out for me, didn't it? That did work out for me, betting, oh, betting against Nick Saban. That I'm going to be on an island for three out of four games, aren't I? Yeah. It's funny how that worked out for me, and it didn't work out for you. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, it, it is. It's You don't make money betting against Alabama. You don't make money betting against Tom Brady. You don't make money betting against the Chiefs. Except when you do. Except when you do. Except when you do. Well, fellas, anything else about the NFL divisional round of playoffs before we wrap this one up. I'm going to throw this out here real quick. I think uh, hopping back to this Titans Bengals game real quick. I really like the idea of teasing uh, the Titans line here. If you tease it to Titans minus six and a half, I really like that bet. It's plus plus one I'm just going to throw that out there. I think that the Titans win this by about a touchdown. As a, as a long-time NFL playoff better, teasers in the playoffs are just, oh, don't do it. Don't do it right. Don't do it to yourself. With your wisdom, Mr. Elder Scribe, please. Pick a position. Go individually, and go individually into each game uh, on an individual basis. I know the temptation is out there to parlay games together, but there's no rhyme or reason to why one matchup works well that you love and the other one that you love didn't work out well. Uh, don't chase the weekend. Uh, that's another one. Um, if it's loaded up against you the entire weekend and you're looking at that Sunday Bills Chiefs and it's a tough spread to pick, you know, if you don't find any value there and you don't want to do it, just don't chase the weekend. Um, so that's another one I always like to uh, just allow the uh, the younger, uh, more youthful uh, betters who haven't been grizzled uh, by a bunch of bad beats in the playoffs. Um, so bet individual games. Don't chase the Sunday night late game. And uh, whatever you do, try to stay away from two obvious teasers. All right. I'm going to ask another question. And right now, I'm going to read off the Super Bowl odds for all eight teams left in the playoffs. And I want you all to tell me who you think is the best value. Packers plus 350. Chiefs plus 380. Bills plus 500. Buccaneers plus 550. Rams plus 750. Titans plus 850. 
49ers plus 1,000 and Bengals plus 1,500. Who is the best value of that group? Bills and Bucks for sure. I would definitely go Bucks. I mean, out of the entire group. You know, yeah, I would say out of that group, the Bucks. But even still, if you're getting, I I said this before, and I think we all kind of nodded in agreement that the Packers have been the best team in the NFL this year. You're getting them at plus 350 after a round of the playoffs. You can make some, you can make some coin on that. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. Long shot odds here. If the 49ers do in fact beat the Packers this weekend, they're at what odds right now? Plus what? Plus a thousand. A thousand. You're getting four digits with that right now. So that would be the best long shot odds to, and this is to win the Super Bowl, obviously. So that's a tough one because there's very little precedent for kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo-esque style quarterback led team in winning uh, the Super Bowl. Plus as much as Kyle Shanahan gets rave reviews. He generally puts up a pretty good uh, clunker uh, in these types of late playoff types. He almost did it against the Cowboys um, by punting late in that game. But um, that would be the best long dark horse kind of long shot odds at this point. And I hate saying that. I think, yeah, I have two points on this. Number one, I think y'all hit the nail on the head of, I mean, I think it was Sam where even if the Packers win the Super Bowl, plus 350, that's really good odds. Um, so if you pick the right Super Bowl champion at this stage, um, you are absolutely making some money. But at the same time, I really like the Rams plus 750 here. I think that that's just, I don't know, man. If the Rams can just keep scooting along, they're arguably the most talented team in the NFL right now. If Stafford can take care of the ball, They've bought in to this Super Bowl run completely. They've traded basically every future asset they have to assemble a roster right now. Um, plus 750, I really like those odds. So, And, you know, that kind of makes sense, too, when you're looking at how talented that team is. If they just if things click for them, matchup wise, they can beat any team on the field like they can one on one beat any team um one thing they do not have though home field advantage and i think that's so important in the playoffs uh the rams do not have that ed welcome to the show uh real quick give us your picks on these four games all right first game is the one that i really want to talk about because the titans are nasty mike vrabel is the man and i'll give you two prop bets in that game that people can basically just take to the bank already and that is one Derrick Henry touchdown, that's a lock. Um, my man hasn't played in a ridiculous amount of time, and he's coming back just in time. Derrick Henry touchdown, absolute lock. And the other one I'll give you that usually has really good odds and surprisingly hits with a good amount of frequency is t- Ryan Tannehill rushing touchdown. Um, whenever they get down on the goal line, they seem to love running a kind of option play for him. And more often than not, the defense is completely keyed in on Derrick Henry as they should be, and he just walks into the end zone. That was kind of money all year in fantasy for me and on the sports book. So I'll just throw some prop bets out there since I joined late here. But Derrick Henry, touchdown, take it to the bank. Ryan Tannehill, usually good odds on a rushing touchdown. Uh, take that one to the bank as well. Um, I'm trying to think of the other games that I really like. I obviously really like Aaron Rodgers, uh, no matter what, always. So not really sure Jimmy G can keep up there. Um, but yeah, we'll stick with Tennessee for now. And the Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill rushing touchdown bets. Ed, as a potential born-again Titans fan, due to the ineptitude of the Washington football team, soon to be Washington Commanders, um, rumored. rumored Washington Commanders, does it feel like the Titans, are they fraudulent one seed? Because they feel like a fraudulent one seed. They feel like it, but how can they be, right? I mean, like, well, because they played the Jaguars twice. Well, yeah, but they also Yeah, but they also didn't have Derrick Henry. Uh, AJ Brown had a hard time staying on the field. Julio Jones had a hard time staying on the field. Uh, they won a lot of games, not scoring a lot of points, but they were missing all those guys. And yeah, they benefit from a just god awful division. But 
I mean, I don't know, man. They have so much talent that they didn't have all year. They're finally fully healthy. They were missing guys on defense all year. Uh, they had a lot of issues with COVID. Uh, the boy, Taylor Lewan was out for a few games as well. Uh, all pro level left tackle. So they're winning these games with uh, guys, you know, second, third. I think I saw a stat. They played like 92 guys on the active roster at one point this year. Um, to be able to get the one seed after all that is pretty incredible. So I don't yeah. know. It, it's easy awesome. to say they're fraudulent. I, I get it. Um, they could easily get just yeah. smacked Joe Burrow and that ridiculous offense that the Bengals have. But I'm all about the Titans, man. Nashville also, sick. The Titans they, are big. They, you got to give them credit. They did beat the Bills and the Chiefs. They did. They did. Yeah. And so also, they, they, I mean, not to be too much of a homer, but not many teams have really good seasons after they get a high first round pick that is injured for the entire year, Caleb Farley. So they've done it without their first round pick, too. And their first round pick a year ago was that offensive lineman that just like stopped playing football and couldn't stay out of the legal yeah. system. He's not even on the roster anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they've just done this with just zero return on investment from high level draft picks. It's just Mike Vrabel and his system and the way he's able to teach that system uh, seems to really resonate with guys and has done really well for them so far. So I'm going to roll with the Titans, but I totally understand the hype around Joe Burrow and that ridiculous offense. Any team that has Tyler Boyd as a third receiver, um, he's a pretty good player and he, you know, is their slot guy and third weapon on offense. So, uh, the Bengals are pretty good too. That that game's really exciting. That game's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. This is the question that we'll end it with that we've been talking about and that we've kind of started a Twitter conversation with tonight as well. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams is clearly one of the best quarterback to wide receiver combos in NFL history. It's the best wide receiver quarterback combo since when? I mean, you gotta go with like I mean the well, first one that jumps into mind is Randy Moss and Tom Brady, obviously. Yep. Uh, other than that, the ones that are jumping out to me in my head immediately are Stafford to Calvin Johnson. I mean, they didn't really win on the big stage, but they put up crazy numbers. And then another one that I was thinking about the other day that is pretty unstoppable and has been all year and you know all the last two years is Brady to Evans. Mike Evans is a freak. And now that he's got a quarterback who can put the ball <laughs> – you know, to him and not to the other team. Uh, he's been putting up ridiculous numbers, especially in the red zone. But yeah, I guess, you know, if you're going to play like the since whoever game in terms of production, I guess it's got to be Moss and Brady is the, you know, the clear cut winner there. It's not even production, just dominance of a game. Like the ability for that combo to take over a game is so rare in football. And for, for me, like we were all saying Brady to Moss, one of them. Um, or if you could look at Brady to Edelman in certain games would really just kind of be unstoppable, but you're talking about one of the greatest combos of all time. Yeah. I think the, the question really is like, when is the last time we've seen a top five QB and a top five wide receiver, uh, be on the same team. And I really think it's either, it's either Brady and Moss, or you could look at Peyton Manning and either Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne. Yep. Um, both of those guys were pretty elite during their time. Yeah, I'm not really sure I can think of any other ones that are kind of in that level of, you know. Oh, here, wait, here's one. Here's one. This is going to piss all of you off, especially Sam. What about Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown? Man, Antonio Brown was a freak. Yes, he was. Now he's now he's a freak in a different That is the, probably the most uh, felonious quarterback wide receiver combination of all time if you want to if you want to interject but i don't know what felonious means but i'm assuming that's a compliment Roethlisberger <laughs> <laughs> won a super bowl without throwing a touchdown pass yeah his receiver threw a touchdown pass to another receiver he was also a rookie man chill out <laughs> what did baker do as a rookie um he ended one of the worst losing droughts in nfl franchise history saved my soul <laughs> and he gave free Bud Light to the entire city of Cleveland. Just, just fun time on Twitter.com. Fun time. Hit us up on Twitter at Sons of Sat BT and at Locks of Saturday. Uh, we will be coming with a lot more content like this. We will have everything from NBA, college basketball, MLB, if and when that starts, uh, more NFL work. Also, be doing really fun things like golf, 
uh, NASCAR, Daytona 500. We're going to be working on that. We love it. We're excited. Uh, but that's it for the divisional round of the playoffs. Guys, big win tonight for the Hokies over NC State. As always, go Hokies. Oh, no. Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do Burdens on the blurry lines That they drew to make it right